This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. doing that find the go to acts chapter 11 acts chapter 11 um I, i'm going i'm going to do i'm going to do a quick uh uh recant or, or not a recant but i'm going to do a recap over the things that i, I started teaching this past wednesday um I, I i want you guys to 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 know that god has a purpose everybody shout purpose Purpose simply means the reason for which something is created, or the reason for which something for something is done. Jerry, are, Jerry, are you 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 are you driving today? Are you driving? Okay, good. Amen. So uh, Acts chapter eleven, and so uh, for far too long we have just been coming to church just to just to come to church, just to be there, and uh, and I and I and I get it, but but. I, what God is doing in this season is far greater than just people showing up together. Um, one of the things that, that, one of the things that God has challenged me to do is to teach people, teach us the purpose of the church. Everybody say the purpose of the church. Yeah, cause I, I think, I think we've kinda, we've kinda lost. I think, I think the purpose of the church has kinda been lost in translation. I, I think that you, we, we, we come from so many different backgrounds and so many different, um, um, religious sects that, that oftentimes we, um, we, we forget the, 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 the true purpose, the reason for which God created the church. So, um, let's jump into Acts chapter 11. Look at, look at verse number 19. Verse number 19. And I read this last week, but I'm going to, I'm going to go over this quickly. So if, if you did not, if you were not here last week, um, this teaching I think is on the podcast. So, uh, subscribe to the Church on Purpose podcast so you can hear the teaching from last week because I'm not going to take a lot of time. I'm just going to kind of read through this. Acts chapter 11, verse number 19 says, Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as, um, Phoenicia, uh, Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. So after Stephen was stoned, um, these people were scattered and they were only preaching to the Jews. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Serene who, when they had come to Antioch, speak to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord, that means the Holy Spirit, the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number, uh, a, and great numbers believed and turned to the Lord. So this, this is, this, this is saying to us that, um, there's a lot of new converts. A lot of new people are coming to Christ and, and we're seeing that even in our ministry. We're seeing a lot of new people, a lot of people, uh, who are cynical about church, people who had fallen away from church. Now we're seeing people that are coming back. Look at verse number 22. It says, then the news of these things, uh, came to the ears of the church of Jerusalem and they sent out Barnabas as to go as far as Antioch. And when he had come, when he had when he came, he and had seen the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged them all that that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. Now, just because a person gets saved don't mean that they're going to stay with God. So when people get saved, it's our responsibility as a church to, to encourage them to stay with the Lord. Amen. To encourage them to hang in there, to encourage them to keep coming to church, even when difficulties come. So that, that's important for us. Um, verse 24 says, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Amen. A great many people were added to it. People were being added. We, we, we're seeing that even in our ministry. Verse 25. Then Barnabas departed to Tarshish to seek Saul. So he went to go get some help. He went to go get another spiritual mature person to come and to help. And when he found him, brought him to Antioch. So it was that the that for a whole year they assembled. Everybody say assembled. Assembled. That's important. Assemble with who they assemble with. 
they assembled with the church and taught a great many people and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. They assembled with the church. Now, here is the question. Here is the question. What is the local church? That's the question. Can we turn on that projector back there if, if it's possible? What is the local church? Now, and I gave you these last week, but I'm going to give you these real quickly. So for those who are not here, you can jot these down. Number one, say this with me. Say the people are the local church. Keep that in your mind. The people are the local church. So the local church is not the building. Sometimes we get caught up in that and we say, what church do you go to? And when we say that, many times we're talking about the building. But we have to train our thinking to know that it's not the building. Even if the building were destroyed, and I'm I'm just saying that uh, kind of hypothetically, even if the building were destroyed, the church still would not be destroyed. Amen? Because the church could still meet. Because the church are the people. We are the church. We are the ecclesia. We are the called out ones. So the People are the church, not the building. Sometimes, sometimes we get too caught up in worshiping the building. We get so caught up in building worship and, and we, and we forget that, that it's just a building where the church meets. Amen? It's the building where the church meets. Say, say this with me. Say the local church is an assembly. The local church is an assembly. So the local church is the assembly of people. So we, as we come together, we form the local church. We form the assembly. This is what we form and this is what we do. Number three, um, the local church is a group of Christians gathered together in one place for a common purpose. A group of Christians gathered together in one place for a common purpose. This is what we're doing tonight. We're here for a common purpose. Tonight is to hear the preaching and the teaching of the gospel. We're here um, to be to be encouraged, to be uh, uh, to be uplifted, to be inspired with the, uh, by the word of God. And number four, the local church is a church family. Everybody shout family. The local church is a family. And so and that's the mindset. The mindset is that we are family because uh, the Bible actually describes us as family. Ephesians three fourteen and 15 says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the father of the Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named the whole family in heaven and in earth is named so we have to we have to train ourselves we have to train our hearts and train our minds to know that put put the point the last point back up there jerry we have to train our hearts and our minds to know that we all are part of a big family amen so it makes no difference if you have a broken home if you come from a single parenthood or if you 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 maybe you maybe you moved here from another state another place and you don't have any family the good news is that when you join a local church you ought to you should feel a part of a family. You should feel connected. You ought to feel like you've got other brothers and sisters. You, you, ought, you ought to feel like that. As a matter of fact, it, you, you'll know you'll know that that the church is where you're supposed to be because there'll be people in church that will be closer to you than your own brothers and sisters. Amen. There'll be people in church. Once you've been there for a little while and you start you start connecting with people, you'll find that there'll be people in your local assembly that become really, really, really close to you. Amen. Now you know they, you know that you know you you've got close to somebody when you start buying gifts for people in the church. And Christmas, you know, people are buying you cars and people are being a blessing to you. And you're like, wow, well, well, praise the Lord. Thank you for that. You, you know that you, you have a body of, you, you know, when you, you, you know, when you are connected to a family, when you get sick or something happens in your life and then you have people that are calling you and checking on you and making sure you're good people saying, I'm praying for you. That, that's a part of that family. So, so that, that becomes, that becomes a local church. And number five, the local church is the pillar and ground for truth. I told y'all that last week. The pillar and ground of truth. That simply means that the local church is to, is, to, is to be the one place that you can come and hear the truth. No matter what's happening in the world, no matter what's happening in the economy, no matter what's happening in government, the local church should be the one place that you can come to hear truth. Now, the, the world is pushing its its ideology, uh, ideology all the time. The world is pushing, you know, uh, uh, trying to get us to accept sin as being normal. You see it all in the television, all in the news and all in the movies and so we ought to be able to come to church and hear that sin is still sin amen i heard somebody say it like this even listen even if it's wrong when everybody's doing it it's still wrong amen and if it's right and nobody's doing it it's still right amen glory to god and so so the church is one place you ought to be able to come and hear something that balances you out and that no matter what you heard from the streets no matter what you heard in culture you ought to be able to come here and you ought to be able to hear a word now watch this 
I need to share this with many people because because there's a lot of people who are out of place. So um, you you'll you'll know who your pastor is. You'll know who your pastor is because every time he teaches, your pastor uh, there is something that he'll say that will resonate with something on the inside of you. There is a word that God gives your pastor that's going to stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. That there's something that he's going to say or something that she's going to say that 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 moves you almost every time they get up and speak there'll be something that they'll say that moves you and quickens you because God connects you with pastors that that are going to push you to your purpose the words that they give are going to push you to your purpose and many people are sitting in churches and they're not being pushed at all they're not being challenged or anything and they're sitting there, you know why because they fell in love with the building or be, because because they they, they 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 have such an affinity with where they are isn't it amazing isn't it amazing how in the Bible God sent people all God will move a man named Abram from his family and say I need you to go over there and I need you to go do something and Abram listened to God he actually did what God told him to do and many times God can be having a person telling a person to move and we'll disobey God so we can please people hallelujah amen we'll disobey God just to make sure people are happy and that, and that, that happens, that, 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 that happens a lot. And so we, that's why we have to pray, God, uh, forgive me for my sins of commission and the sins of omission. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Okay. Now, um, let, let's, let, let's talk about the threefold mission of the church. Threefold mission of the church. I shared this with you last week. Threefold mission of the church. Number one, um, one of the missions of the church is to represent and glorify Jesus Christ in the earth. To represent and glorify Jesus Christ in the earth. That's part of what we ought to do as individuals. On your job, you should glorify and represent Jesus Christ. Um, when you go to school, you should represent and glorify Jesus Christ in the earth. Amen. When you're driving down the road, you in bumper to bumper traffic. Your job is to represent, and glorify Jesus Christ in the earth. Amen. Uh, when, when you when, when you when you uh, run into run into that um, that uh, the person checking you out and they've got an attitude, what's your job? Glorify who? Jesus Christ. Give me another situation where you got to glorify Jesus Christ. Give me another situation. So when you got rear-ended, yeah, when somebody ran into the back of your car, I told y'all what happened. They ran me and, when that guy ran me and Trina off the road. <laughs> Hallelujah. I had to represent Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> Give me another situation where you have to represent Jesus. Give me another situation. Give me another one. When people, when people lie on you, when, when people lie on you, you gotta represent Jesus Christ. You know, you, even when they're lying on you, you still have to represent, that's, that's, that's the job of the church. That's the mission of the church. Somebody say something over here. What'd you say? When your check is short. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. When your check is short. <laughs> Woo, y'all felt that thing. Some of y'all face got hot right then. Yeah, you felt that. Yeah, when you, when your check's short and you know that you worked them hours and they didn't put them hours on your check. Woo. Lord Jesus, you listen, you, you still have to represent Jesus. That That's your job. Look at your neighbor. So that's your job to represent Jesus Christ in the earth. Tell them that's your job. That's your job. That That's your mission. You've got to represent Jesus Christ in the earth. Amen. Even when your spouse make you mad. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Trina said, hallelujah. Amen. You got to represent Jesus Christ in the earth. Amen. And listen, even when your kids get on your nerves. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody, y'all got quiet. You have to rep, you still, you still have to represent Jesus Christ in the earth, even to your kids. Who else can get on your nerve? Your coworker. You know, that little weird one. Y'all know everybody have a little, one little weird coworker. Everybody have one little weird. Don't raise your hand. Just look at me. Look at me real big. Okay. I see y'all. Amen. You got that one little weird coworker. So, but guess what? Because your responsibility, your, the, the mission of the church. See, watch this. See, watch this. Here, here is the disconnect. The disconnect is when I tell you that the responsibility of the church, in your mind, you're not, you're not thinking about you. When I talk about the mission of the church, you're not thinking about you. So watch this. You have not made the word church personal to you yet. When I, when I say church, you ought to say me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When I, when I say, when I say the mission of the church, you ought to say the mission of Eric. Or the mission of, what's your name? Say your name. Who's, who's, what'd you say? Reginald. What's your name? Chalk, Flanel. What's your name? Who? Georgie, what's your name? Who? Jimmy. Jimmy, what's your name? Who? Frida, what's your name? Adrian, that's your name, right? 
That's it, right? So, so, so when, when you, when you see the word church, you gotta put your name in that spot. And for too many years, for, for far too long, we've always assumed the church was an entity outside of who we are. And we have not adopted, we have not adopted, uh, 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 the theology that I am the church. Say this with me, say, I am the church. Woo-wee! Oh my God. So that means that what I'm about to say is not, it's not for somebody else. What I'm about to say is about you. You are the church. Amen. You are the church. You know what? You know, because when you act a fool, people are going to say they go to that church. <laughs> don't act a fool with a church on purpose shirt off. Now, if you're going to act a fool, at least take the church on purpose shirt off. Yeah. You, yeah. Before you go to jail and take that mugshot, take that shirt off, turn it backwards, turn it inside out or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, turn that junk inside out. <laughs> yeah, church on purpose mugshot. <laughs> yeah, that don't look too good. Amen. But but that but that's our, that's our job. We are to represent and glorify Jesus Christ in the earth. That's our job. Uh, the, the second the, the second uh, mission is to build up the saints. Our job is to build up each other. That's not just the pastor's job to build up each other. It's not just the pastor's job. That's all of our job to help build up each other. And thank God that, that we, that we are connected to a church that actually does that. We are, we are connected to a church that everybody edifies and everybody builds up and we call each other. We, we check on each other when people are calling and they're texting words of encouragement and we're building each up, up, each other up all the time. That's happening a lot in this church. That's why this church continues to grow. That's why when it, even on a Lobo parade, we still got a pretty decent crowd. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. That's some churches tonight are empty. The pastor up there by himself, waiting, still waiting on folks to show up. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, so, but, but, but that, that's, that's part of, that, that's part of our, that's part of our responsibility. The, the, one of the reasons why I encourage you to come out on Wednesday night is so you can be built up because, because there's a lot of things that's going to happen to you out there that's going to tear you down. So when you come into the house of God, when you come into the house of God, now you get a chance to be built up. Now you get a chance to hear a word and to hear something that's going to motivate you. You know, part, part, one, one of, one of, one of, one of the things that, that, that's important to me, I, I've got to make you laugh at least once before you leave. That's important to me. You know why? Because, because watch this, watch this. And it's a, it's a proven fact. When you're laughing, you're not thinking about your problems. When you're laughing, you're not thinking about all the negative things that are happening in your life. You're not thinking about that. So, so I want to create, I want to create an atmosphere where you can come in and you don't have to worry about all that other stuff that's going on. We can offer a word of encouragement that when you leave, you leave empowered and you leave encouraged to make it through the day. Number three, our, our, our next mission of the church is to make disciples. Say my mission. It's to make disciples. Hallelujah. So you know what that means? That means that you have to teach what you know. You have to teach what you know. Teach the things that you know. If, if, if you know something, if God has, has, has uh, given you something, and you know what? When you come in contact with somebody that's going through that same thing, man, teach what you know. Don't keep all that wisdom to yourself. Don't keep all that to yourself. You've gone through too much to keep all that to yourself. Because God is always going to put you around people who are going through what you just came out of. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down. There's always, it's, it's going to happen. Your path are going to cross with somebody who's going through presently what you just came out of past tense. Are y'all hearing that? And what do you do? Well, at that point, I have to help make disciples. That's not just pastor's job. And I know that we're going to have class. We're going to be helping people to be disciple and people to become stronger Christians. But guess what? That becomes all of our jobs. It becomes all of our jobs. To help make disciples, to encourage each other, especially the people that God has put in your circle of influence. That's important. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, Ephesians 4.16, you don't have to turn there, but you can just kind of make a note. Ephesians 4.16 says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what... By what every joint supplies according to the effective work by which every part does does its shares, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Amen. So now the, the local church is dependent upon three things. And again, this is on the podcast, so I'm just kind of quickly moving through this. Uh, depend on three things. Everybody say joining, joining. Connecting, connecting, and functioning. Say again, joining, joining. 
connecting and functioning. Amen. So that, that's important. That's important. It, it's, it's, it's the local church is too important just to have your name on the roll, but you're not functioning. You're not functioning. You got to come in and you have to get connected. You have to pray and ask God, ask God to help you find that place where he wants you to work. And God's going to do that. If God sent you local, sent you to a local church, if God sent you to be connected to this ministry, he didn't send you here just to listen. Although listening is a great component. It's a great component. And maybe, maybe uh, the position for you have not opened yet, but you ought to all keep your eyes and your ears and your spirit always open for the opportunity to serve. Amen? Because serving is a huge part of what we do. I believe that we are standing in this building as a result of the service that we've given for the past few years. Because doing I serve, we've helped a lot of people. We've helped, man, we've helped countless numbers of people and numbers of families. We've helped a lot of people. And then guess what happens when we need help? We get, the help shows up. Amen. So, so don't, don't ever write off uh, the importance of helping others, the importance of functioning in the local body. Amen. So always keep your heart open. God, what can I do? God, show me something I can do. Watch this. Watch this. Even if, even if the only thing God wants you to do is wait until after service to pick up the paper that's in the sanctuary. Because, because sometimes, sometimes we want the high profile job. But that's not the job, God. That you're not ready for the high-profile job yet. So sometimes God said, "You only you pass right by that paper and wouldn't even pick it up." But you want to be, but but you want to be the leader of this department. You want to be the leader of this ministry. But but you you went in the bathroom and you saw that paper and watch this. Sometimes God will test you. That paper on the floor was a test. You know what you say? I ain't touching that. I ain't touching that. You know what you do? You'll take your foot and slide on out the way. And you think you did something. Come on, man. And so, so God is saying, listen, he who is faithful in least, I can, will also be faithful in much. If I can't trust you to move the paper, how can I trust you to move people? That's what, and that's what God is saying to us. So, so many of us, many of us, God has to teach us how to serve in the areas where you don't want to serve first. Glory to God. If you've been in the military, when you get in the military, you don't, you don't just go into the military being a sergeant. You're going in being a private. You know what that means? You're scrubbing floors. You're scrubbing toilets. Hallelujah. You're scrubbing showers. If you get in trouble, you're going to do it with your toothbrush. It got quiet then, but I ain't scrubbing no toilet with my toothbrush. You would if you was in the army, you do it. Amen. But you start at the bottom and you work your way up. You work your way up. God is saying to some of you, it's time to work your way up. Hallelujah. Be be faithful over the few things. I didn't start out as a pastor. You know where I started? I started in the sound booth. When I first started coming to church, I was just a regular guy. I started opening doors, emptying trash. I never thought I was going to be a pastor. I never thought I'd be at this place today. If you'd have told me back then I was going to be a pastor, I would have laughed in your face. and said, you out of your mind. I'm scared to talk in front of people. And I was deathly afraid of it. But I started serving. I started serving my pastor. I started serving my church. I was serving and serving and serving and serving. No, I didn't, I didn't argue. I didn't fuss. I didn't fight. I drove the bus. I went and picked up people. Whenever we, we went on a trip, my, wherever my pastor went, I, I got the bus. I went to the church, got to the bus, got the bus, would go to his house, pick him up, and I would just drive him. If he had to go preach somewhere, I would just drive him. And, and he didn't want me to do it. He never asked me to do it, but that's just something I wanted to do. And I didn't mind serving. I love serving. And guess what? Now that I'm a pastor, God has put people around me, men around me that have the same heart for me that I had for my pastor. The same heart. Glory to God. So God's looking, God's looking for service. The Bible says, if you want to be great, you got to be a servant. Many people don't want to serve. We want to be served. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So people ask for a position. I say, how much paper you picked up this week? How many toilets did you wipe out? Did you wipe down? Did you wipe down the sink before you left? Glory to God. Y'all, y'all, y'all getting that? Because we're the church. Listen, listen, we, we, we're guests here. So we have to even be the light here. Hallelujah. So you know what? That means, that means, watch this. I, I, I don't want to say our best behavior because Christians should always yeah, be on it. Amen. Because there, 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 there are some things, there are some things we ought to be above by now. Amen. 
Because the church has got to grow up. The people of God, we've got to grow up. We, we've, we've got to stop letting the small things hurt our feelings. And every time somebody, everything, sometimes something don't go our way, you know, we start complaining. We got to stop doing that. We even have to, we even have to grow to the point where we stop talking about people behind their backs. We gotta grow past that. Well, if you got an alt with the person, you meet with them, go talk to them, and have a one-on-one conversation. Because that's what the scripture says. That's what the Bible says. And we, we've gotta, we've gotta grow beyond, we gotta grow beyond some things. Are y'all with me? Okay. Alright. I gotta roll. I gotta roll. Okay. Joining, connecting, functioning. Get in and function. Um, um, believers need three things. Believers need three things. They need three things. Um, number one, believers need Corporate worship. Everybody say corporate worship. Number two, we need instruction and teaching. And number three, we need support from other believers. You can say that support from other believers. Okay, let's try it again. Number one, corporate worship. Number two, instruction and teaching. Number three, support from other believers. This is something, this is something that, these are three things that as, as believers, we all need. We need corporate worship. Now, I, 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 I've been to a lot of churches. I've been to a few, well, I'll say, I've been to quite a few, I'll say quite a few churches. There are very few churches that you can go to and, uh, and get the, the, I don't know, I won't even say the worship. I'll, I'm gonna say, get what our worship produces. Can I say it that, that way? That there is something that's produced in our worship that you can't, you can't buy that. That's something the club can't offer you. That's something you can't get in a, you can't get that in a, in a store somewhere. You can't get that, you know, in a drug store or, 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 or a liquor store. You, you, you can't get that. That there's something that, that's produced on this stage when worship. Did y'all see what happened this past Sunday? Did y'all see that? Listen, I'm talking about right after worship, praise and worship, and then the choir, and then right after that, that was such a sweet spirit in this place that the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to do an altar call now. No, you don't have to preach. I was doing an altar call right now. Did the altar call. People came to the altar, and I said, God, you are so amazing. But we need that. We need that time of worship. We, we are creatures who, listen, Everybody's worshiping something. Because we were created to worship. We're created to worship something. Some people worshiping money. Uh, watch this. Some, some trust in horses. And some in chariots. Yeah, y'all get what I'm saying? So everybody's worshiping something. But you ought to thank God that God saw fit to pull you close enough to Him so that the, 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 the object of our worship is God. The object of our worship is God. That's who we worship. We worship God. And, and the benefit of our worship is His presence. We want God's presence. Not His hand. Not, not His blessings. We want His presence. Listen, I'm gonna tell y'all something, man. That there is, there is an overwhelming sense of God's presence that manifests whenever the, matter of fact, I feel His presence in this room right now. His presence is with us right now. There's an overwhelming sense of God's presence that manifests when we have corporate worship. We worship collectively. See, the good thing about collective or corporate worship is even when you're not feeling as connected as you could be, there's somebody on your road tapped in. And when God shows up for them, because God showed up for them, the residue of him showing up for them mess around and moves on you. Glory to God. So even when you're not feeling the best and you don't feel real worshiping, there's somebody shouting, there's somebody is pulling on the presence of God. And when God show up, he's not just going to bless one somebody. Glory to God. When he's in the room, he's going to bless everybody in the room. That's the, that's the benefit of corporate worship. When you show up and you don't really, I, don't raise your, no, no, raise your hand if you ever showed up to church and really didn't feel real worshiping. Y'all look around, look around, glory to God. But it's on those days, it's on those days when you press your way to get here. Those are days that you get some of the biggest blessings you've ever had in your life. Those days that you press your way to get there, that the Holy Ghost moves, you want to, <laughs> It's on them days. That's the benefit. That's why we've got to come. Even when we don't feel like it. 
because because there's somebody in there that's connected. And when they pull on the presence of God and the presence of God manifests, then everything that I need is going to be found in his presence. Glory to God. Because God is never going to allow all of us to be down at the same time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm so thankful that when you're down, I'm up. Tell them. Now, now tell them the, tell them the opposite as well. I'm thankful that when, that, that when you up, I'm down. Or when I'm down, you up or something. Tell them. Y'all, yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad. Yeah. God don't let us be down at the same time. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to be connected to him. Somebody's going to be connected. Somebody's going to show up with a praise even when you don't. Glory to God. And number four, we need accountability in leadership. Accountability from leadership. We need that accountability. We need account, as humans, as humans, it is, it is so easy for us to shrink back and sometimes to hide. And we need that accountability. We need somebody looking in our faces saying, hey, where you been? Hey, I've been missing you. We need that accountability. We need that accountability. You know why? Because, because, uh, grandmama say, uh, when that, when that old, when that old bus start rolling, I want to be on boat. That's what she said. I want to be on boat. That's when she said it. Hallelujah. Listen, so, so, glory to God. So when Jesus come to get us, I want to be able to do a head count. I want, oh, glory to God. Listen, when we hear that trumpet in the sky and we hear the, we hear the, the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ arise and we who are alive and remain and we are caught up to meet him in the air, I want to be able to look up and see all of y'all. Amen. Hallelujah. Terry Davis, I want to see you in the air. Touch him, tell him, I want to see you. I want to see you in the air. Glory to God. I want to see you. I want you to be in the number. Hallelujah. I, I want your ticket in your hand. Grandma will call like I paid my train fast. What she said. <laughs> I got my train fare paid. Hallelujah. I want to, I want to see you there. We, we want to be in that number, but guess what? We need that accountability. We need that accountability. Hallelujah. I, I heard, I heard them. We was at Highway 80 Rescue Mission Chalk preached last night, did a magna- uh, an amazing job. But I heard uh, one, of, one of the facilitators, he said, we need to know where you are just in case something happens. That if something happens in this building, we need to know who's left. If you were in the building or not. And it made, it made a lot of sense. In other words, we need to be accountable to each other. I need to know, listen, if, if you're going to stop going to church, call somebody and tell them. Are y'all hearing me? No, for real. Call somebody and tell them. Just call, some, call, call one of the people that, that you're connected to and say, you know what? I, I think I'm going to stop going to church. Just call them and tell them. Will you get ready to drink? Call somebody. I heard you. Well, y'all heard that? She tuned up over there. She tuned up. I'm not going to call Dot's name. She, she tuned up. She, 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 she tuned She tuned up. Hallelujah. But no, what I'm saying is we need that accountability. Before you do something stupid, call somebody and tell them. Man, I, this is how I'm feeling. Man, I'm about to, I'm about to do something. Call them and tell them so you can get that accountability. We need that accountability. We need that. And listen to this, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. When God puts somebody on your heart, call them, text message them, check on them. Even if they, well, you, because, because we talk ourselves out of obedience all the time. When God puts somebody on your heart, Text them. Call them. Check on them. Now watch this. Now understand this. Understand this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Now, if, if, if you're a woman, you should be texting a woman. If you're a man, you should be texting a man. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm glad I got some amen. I thought it was going to get quiet right there, but yeah. Y'all did good right there. Y'all made a pastor feel kind of proud. Amen. Let me check it on the wrong folk. Cause sometimes the devil will bring people to you. Sometimes the devil put people in your heart. Hallelujah. You know you're kind of attracted to them. 
See how I get quiet? See what, that's that quiet I was talking about. That's that, she had, hey, everybody got quiet? That's that quiet I was talking about. No, we got to get back to holiness. Yeah, we got to get back. We got to get this thing back right. We got to get this thing back holy. We got to stop all this, you know, you know, over here and over there. We got we to we quit that. We got to stop that. Glory to God, because we run people off. People don't know what your motives are. They don't know why you text. Why are you texting her? Why are you texting him? They don't know. Amen. And we got to get this. We got to get holiness. We got to put holiness back in its right place in our lives. Amen. Okay, let, let's, uh, let's, let's, let me, let's, let's write on. Okay, um, I got a few more minutes. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna transition. Y'all write, write these scriptures down. I don't know if I gave y'all these. Write these scriptures down. Uh, write down Luke chapter 4 verse 16. Luke chapter 4 verse 16. That, that talks about, that talks about how, how Jesus went to church regularly. He went to church regularly. Um, write down, that was Luke chapter 4 verse 16. Then write down 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 18. That, that says, but now God has set the members, each one, let, put that on the screen. Oh, he put y'all up there. Good job, Jerry. Okay, uh, y'all look at this. If y'all don't have it, I look up, this says, it says, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. So God is the one that sets the members of the church. He's the one that sets the members of the body. And the Bible says he does it as he please. Amen. So, so stop asking. I don't know why they join. <laughs> they just over here being nosy. Well, you are too, kind of. But God set the members, each one of them. In the body, just to see, because sometimes, sometimes God will let somebody get on your nerve, join your church, just to show you that there's something still wrong with you. Come on, y'all might as well say amen. God will do that, just, just to show you that there's still a little bit of jealousy in you. There's still some unforgiveness down on the inside of you. Amen. You know why? Because God has to work that out of you. And what's the, the best place to work it out is in church. There's a place you can't cuss. <laughs> yeah, you all not. Yeah. You all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, it's best when God's trying to work something out of you, it's best to give it over to him so you don't have to keep going through that same old thing over and over and over again. Because any test you don't defeat, you are destined to repeat. You're going to go back through that thing until God completes. He's not going to stop, honey. He's not going to stop until, you know, if, if, if you, you, if you got a short fuse, get ready to get lit all the time. Amen. Because, because God's got to work that out of you. Because you know why? Because he's got to make you look more and more and more like him. Now some of y'all doing real good. Some of y'all, some of y'all doing real good. Some of y'all ain't drank in a long time. I can tell your face clearing up. <laughs> I can look at you till your face just is clear. Forehead all again. <laughs> yeah, you was all dried up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can tell y'all ain't drinking a long time. You know why? Now, cause that, that, that was, that was a time. Y'all might as well be honest. That was a time that y'all had some crown roll up under y'all seat. Uh oh. That might, that might be this side. <laughs> y'all that little purple bag with them shoes, with them string. Y'all done had that, that it wasn't crown roll. Well, what, what it was? Yeah. <laughs> now you gonna try to be quiet. Yeah, now, now you, now you gonna try, now you gonna try to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, now you gonna try to be all quiet. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. No, but, but guess what? You look, you look more like Christ this year than you did three years ago. Or five years ago. And God is still working some things out. Amen. God's still working some things out. And he's going to continue until Jesus Christ come back. So you might as well, you might as well cooperate. <laughs> Amen. If not, you're going to have a big, big mama called a hard road to hoe. 
Now, you have to be a farmer to know anything about that. Now, I didn't cuss. Amen. Amen. All right, go to Mark chapter 7. Let's let's transition. I've got about 10 minutes. Let's transition. Transition. Um, Mark chapter 7. This is kind of this is kind of where uh where I started teaching this past this past Sunday. Uh this past Sunday I was I was talking about why we exist. So the, the next couple of teachings, the next couple of Wednesdays, next couple of Sundays, I'm going to be doing some foundational teaching uh, because because in, be, be, before we all can fully understand what the vision of Church on Purpose is, I've got to go all the way back and break up some fallow ground. I've got to break up some fallow ground because of what God wants. Because what God God wants to build high, and the higher God wants to build, the digger. I mean, excuse me, the deeper we have to dig. The higher God wants to build, the deeper we have to dig. So I've got to go up and break up some fallow ground so that we all kind of understand what are we doing here. Now, um, Mark, Mark chapter 11, uh, I, I won't, I won't, I won't, go, excuse me, I'm sorry, chapter 7, Mark chapter 7. I, I won't go through, I won't go through all of this, um, but this was Jesus dealing with the Pharisees and the scribes, and he's dealing with them about tradition. He's dealing with them about tradition. Now, I, I want you to read it. I won't read it, but I want you to take some time and read that. Maybe on your, your study time tonight, Mark chapter 7, verses 1 down to probably about verse 23 is kind of where we read. Mark chapter 7, verses 1 down to about verse number 23. And and he's talking about tradition. Uh, scribes and Pharisees, they were getting ready to eat. They, they, they went through this tradition or this ceremonial washing of their hands where they would take this this little basin of water, a little, little pitcher. It looked like a little pitcher with two handles on the back, little pitcher of water, and they would they would pour it on each hand three times, each hand three times, they would set it aside, they'd grab the towel, and they would lift up their hands, let the water run from their hands down to the elbows, and they would say a prayer with their hands lifted. And then they would dry their hands and they wouldn't talk uh, anymore until everyone else has done, they would say another prayer and then they would eat. Well the disciples the disciples didn't hold to that tradition. The disciples came in, shoot man, they they stuck their hand in the water and they just started eating. And the scribes and Pharisees went off. They were like, yo, what are you doing? They're breaking tradition. And they went to Jesus and said, Jesus, why are you allowing them to break tradition? Now, everybody look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I want you guys to know, and I, and I, I, I need to say this emphatically. I need to say this emphatically. We are not here, or we do not exist, just because somebody got mad at somebody else, and we went somewhere else. That's not it. That's not it. That may be what the world wants to think or people outside may want to think, but that's not it. We are here because this is where God destined for us to be. We're here by divine appointment, not because of people, but because of God. Now watch this. God wanted to to do this somewhere else, but if God can't do it there, God will just move you to a place where he can do it. Are y'all hearing me? So, so this was going to happen whether we wanted it to happen or not. It was going to happen. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you? Um, um, when, when, when Joseph went through the pit to the, to the prison in the palace and his, and his brother showed up, Joseph is now in charge. He's now a king. He's a king now. When his brothers showed up, they bowed down before him. Joseph said to them, get up. He said, I am not God. That's what he said. He said, am I in the place of God? In other words, Joseph said, don't bow down to me. Don't worship me. Get up. Keep me in the right place. Now listen, I'm going to digress there and say this to you. Eric Love is not God. I'm not Jesus. Jesus is the chief shepherd. Eric Love is just an under shepherd. Jesus is my boss. I answer to Jesus. Don't make me Jesus. Don't make me God. I will fail you miserably. I'm a human. Keep me in a human's place. 
Are y'all hearing me? Now I'm going to do a teaching on how to receive a pastor and what a pastor is to the church because I think, I think for, 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 for far too long, we've kind of got, we've kind of got an obstructed view of who a pastor is or what a pastor is to be to a church. So I'm going to do a teaching on that, but just know this. I'm just the under shepherd. Jesus is my boss. You guys keep Jesus, uh, you guys keep Jesus in the right place and you keep me in the right place in your hearts and in your life. Joseph said, don't make me God. Stand up. Here's what he said. He said, now what you meant for bad, God just worked it. Now watch this. Now watch this. Even if they had not thrown him in prison, even if they did not put him in the pit, Joseph was destined to stand in the palace. It was destined. So God just allowed what he went through to get him to where he was supposed to be in the first place. Let me say this. Church on purpose was going to happen one day, whether we went through what we went through or not. It was going to happen because it was destined to be so by God. We're not here because of people. We're here because this is the Lord's doing. We couldn't have done it this well if we planned it. None of us are that smart. None of us can figure it out. Now watch this. I was telling Scott the other day, sometimes God will bless you so much so that people think you had it figured out the whole time. God said the steps of a good man. Y'all better hear this thing. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. God's got it all planned out. We don't. Because God will set that thing up to where only he can get the glory. Well, you know, Big Mama said, my soul look back and wonder. Nobody gets the glory but God. Nobody gets the glory. But God, and part of the reason why we're here is uh, is to break the tradition of man. God has called us as a church, as a body of believers, to break man's tradition. The things that we do traditionally, the thing that sucked the power out of a church. God is saying, I'm going to raise up a church. That's going to combat the tradition of man. There's some things that, that we do traditionally because the Bible teaches us to do that. But it's some stuff we just did because Big Mama them did it. I, I, I heard the story one time. Um, this woman, uh, she was getting ready to cook a roast. And she took a roast and she cut the ends off the roast. And she put, the, put it in a roast pan. And her daughter said, said, Mama, well, why you? I, I noticed every time you cook a roast, you cut the ends off the roast. The, the mama said, you know what? I said, I, I really don't know. I, I just saw my grandmama cut the end off the road. So they called grandmama. I said, grandmama, uh, well, why, why, why are you, why are you always cut the end off your rose? You know, was that to make it more juicy? Was that so that, so that the season can get inside the rose? And grandmama said, I don't know. My mama always did the same thing. So big mama was still living. So they called big mama and they said, big mama, listen, all of us cut the end off the rose, but we don't know why. You know, big mama said, big mama started laughing. Big mama said, baby, the reason I cut the ends off the roast because I only had one pan and it was too short. We just had one pan. The pan was too short. So I cut the ends off the roast so it could fit in the pan. And it just got passed on and passed on and passed on and nobody knew why we did it. Let me ask y'all this. Let me ask y'all this. Why? When you're, when you have to go to the bathroom in church. What does it mean? It means what? It means you're invisible. She said, how does that mean you're invisible? You gotta squat. Oh, you have to, you have to duck down? What ducking down do? What this do? What? What's that? What is that? 
It's an explanation. For me holding up my finger? This for real? Is this real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this for real? What's time I got? <laughs> How you had this in your Bible? You got it from no? Who you get this from? Mister, you had this in your Bible? You made copies and brought this? You know I was going to say that tonight? So why you make copies of this and bring it? <laughs> Is this real? I'm being pumped. <laughs> No. <laughs> Y'all want to hear this? Yes. Golly, I'm sorry. Man. Man. Man, wow. Y'all serious? <laughs> okay, listen to this. It says, ever wonder why people hold up one finger when leaving the sanctuary? Now, now, I don't know if this is real, but I'm, I'm going to read it. It says, have you ever attended a church service and saw someone hold up a finger as they were leaving? What does it mean? During slavery days, when the master took his slave with him to a public gathering, the slave would always sit in the balcony. When he needed to go to the bathroom or wanted to be excused for any reason, he would hold up his hand, keep it up until the master acknowledged that he saw him. The master would then give him permission to leave, or in other words, excuse him to leave. After the slave was given permission, he would hold up one finger as he was leaving to inform anyone that saw him that he had been excused. So the finger means my master has excused me. That is where the holding up of one finger while leaving the saints where it's carried over. So the next time you see somebody holding up a finger, just tell them, it's okay to leave the plantation. You've been freed. Man, take this. Get this. Get this. Get this. That's the truth. Man, man come on, man. Dismiss. Come on, dismiss. I'm out of here. Dismiss. Dismiss. Dismiss.